we're going to start a new series. We're going to be talking today, it's, it's the, the story of Jabez. And um, nobody names their kids Ebenezer or Jabez anymore. You know, they, it, just, it just doesn't happen. But I think that uh, this, is, uh, this, this few short verses tucked in the middle of uh, 1 Chronicles 4 is, uh, is really appropriate for today. Uh, let me read. 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10, and I'm, this is in the New American Standard Bible because I think it, it gives a little better rendering of the original language. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother named him Jabez, saying, Because I bore him with pain. Now Jabez called on, God of, on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm that may not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. A guy by the name of Bruce Wilkerson uh, wrote this book, a little book called The Prayer of Jabez. It was very, sold millions of copies. It was on the New York Times bestseller. And, uh, and hardly anyone had ever heard of Jabez. The only time I heard of Jabez was a cousin of ours had a parakeet they named Jabez. And they forgot to feed the bird and it died. And, and uh, that was the only thing that I knew about Jabez until I started reading about him. And a lot of Christians don't seem to, they've, they've, they've read this thing and, and sometimes it had great effects on them, but at other times it, it really didn't have much of an influence on their daily lives. Now, we're supposed to pray for God's will, but don't miss the fact that we also are to pray for God's blessing. He wants to bless us. And, and I'd, like to, I'd like to know here... Um, I've had two daughters, and I was with both of them when they were born. We went through, do they still do Lamas? Do they? You know, that's French. Do you know what it stands for? I'm going to get you, you dirty rat. Uh, now, mothers, and we've got a mom here that's, that's uh, great with child, and it's neat. But uh, you moms, and I, I'm going to ask you, Peggy. How would you like to, tomorrow, give birth to a 10-pound baby boy? No way? <laughs> Mom's here. How would you like to, did, did you enjoy, well, some of you are, are going to say yes. How many of you enjoyed the labor? Okay. Well, now I feel bad. <laughs> well, that, that, that messed up my kidney stone story. So, uh, but, but would you like to be in labor again with a 10-pound baby? No, but... <laughs> no, most mothers, they, they love the outcome, granted. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing to give birth to a baby, but it was painful. Uh, and imagine Jabez's mom was in so much pain that she named him Jabez. And his name means pain. It means misery. It means, it means sorrow and burden. 
And can you imagine the time that this kid had with his name growing up? See, in the Hebrew, uh, in the Hebrew world, the, the name meant, meant everything. And so has, having a name meaning misery, can you imagine kids coming to, to uh, his house and they, they come to see and knock on the door and say, Hey, Mrs. Mom of Jabez, can misery come out and play? You know, and he went through this all through his life, what his name meant, misery. And, and through this, if ever there was a guy who could be bitter, it was Jabez. But rather than, than letting his name determine his destiny, he rose up and became a man of noble nature. And that says some things to me. It tells me that the past does not have to determine your future. Your past does not determine or have to determine your future. So Jabez decided to do something about it. He decided to live, uh, decided that he was not uh, going to live ordinary. And the only way to do that was to place himself totally in the hands of an extraordinary God. None of us, none of us, did you catch that? None of us are trapped by our past. Not a single one of us. I don't care what kind of past you had. I could have chosen to let my past rule my life. I could have played the victim. I could have, have uh, uh, let people feel sorry for me. I could have taken the easy way out and let the government support me. Uh, but I chose a different path, as can anyone. And so with God's help, and blessing, we can rise from the muck and the mire of our past and become a special blessing from what God wants us to be, of what God wants us to be. So my challenge this year, and especially these next four weeks, is to let this prayer mark your daily life. Start this year with a focus of having everything that God wants you to have. And I want to I talk about two things this morning. The first is, believe God wants to bless you. Believe it. God wants to bless you. I don't feel blessed. Well, you're not believing it. <laughs> and the second thing is, believe you can make a difference. And this, I'm not, I'm not talking name it and claim it jazz. I'm not, I'm not promising you sunshine and lollipops and Skittles coming down from the air, but I'm telling you that God wants to bless you. How that works out in your life, I haven't a clue. So the prayer is recognition that without the hand of God in his life, he would have had a, a pretty tough time of it. If a prayer to acknowledge his helplessness is, it's a prayer of, uh, to acknowledge his helpness, helplessness in the face of this task. This word blessed means to bow the knee before God and praise and adore God for who he is. That's what we do in our, in our, in our music. You know, we think that praise is just the, the band plan. It's a vital part of it, but it's not the total thing. Praising, though, is bowing the knee before God and adoring God for who He is. And we do that every Sunday here. God wants to bless His people, and that includes everybody here. And what does it mean that God wants to bless you? What's that mean? Well, Ephesians 1.3 says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. 
That's a powerful promise, friends. God wants to bless you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's kind of the storehouse, the warehouse of God's blessing are in heaven, and it's limitless. The Greek word for blessed means God speaks well of us. God speaks well of us. Can you imagine that? Think about that. Giovanni, think about that. God's up there in heaven just doing his God thing, you know. And he's looking down. He says, that's my boy. That's my boy. Man, I'm proud of him. That's my son. That's my daughter. Those are my kids. And he's speaking well of us. He's proud of us. And so if God is speaking well of us, that means that we've got to stop doing stupid stuff. Right? We've got to start doing the things that God will look at and say, that's my boy. It means that the God of heaven and earth of all creation sits on a throne in heaven and it's his nature to bless us. Psalm 103, 1 through 5, uh, David writes, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all. That, this, is a, uh, this is a song. Isn't, it? Isn't it? this a, uh, a praise song? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassions, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Ah, wow. Oh, to have my youth renewed like an eagle. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's, it's 68 years old, what I would be if I was 18 again and knew what I know now. I'd change a lot of things. I wouldn't change the people in my life. So don't forget the benefits that we have. He's forgiven all your sins as a believer. He's redeemed you. He's crowned you with His love and given you good things in this life. And just because bad things happen to good people, don't miss the point that we, have li- we live in a fallen world where sin has left its mark, but God has stepped in and He's forgiven us. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you. What? I know the plans I have for you. I don't know what that little one you're carrying is going to be. A senator, a judge, a mom. I don't know. I don't know what these babies that that we have been blessed with are going to be. But it says, for I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. That's a promise of God. And if you sit back and think that this is just a bad news day and we've looked at the elections and look at all the junk that's happened there and you can't see that God is in the middle of it all, you're missing a blessing because He tells us He has a future for us and He has a hope for us. Don't miss that. God said that this to, to His people while they were in captivity after blatant disobedience gross immorality, and they were even sacrificing children. And God says, I have a plan for you. Remember Romans 8.31, it says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? 
If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Yeah, but my name's Jabez. I'm miserable. I'm not worthy. That's not what God's Word says. He goes on to give us further assurance in Romans 8, 38 and 39. He says, for I am convinced. Nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons. Neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. When we bought our house 11 years ago, we decided that this is where we were going to live out our lives. Downsized. And, uh, and it, was, it, was, it was something to be accomplished because we collect stuff. <laughs> and... and for this to be the place that we wanted, we gutted it. I mean, to the studs. And Sarita did her magic, and basically we have a new home. And there are things now, after 11 years, that need fixing. It's our home, but it's still a place that needs some stuff. And it's the same thing with Jesus. There's things in our life that need working on. Our attitudes our prejudices, our tempers, things we say, the little of this and a little of that, and yet God has chosen to take up residence in our lives. He has remodeled me. Man, he tore me up right straight to the studs and built me the way that he wanted me. Romans 5.8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still happy-go-lucky, neat people. No, while we were still sinners. And so, having that belief, we now have to believe that we can make a difference. Do you, do you know that? Do you realize that you can make a difference? Young man named Jacques at... Uh, the place where I, I buy and sell guns. He declared to me, I was in there last week, and uh, uh, they know I'm a preacher and they give me the business about it. And uh, uh, I usually give them a blessing when I leave. And I always invite, in fact, I invited all three of these characters to the, to the meal today. Well, do we have to go to church? Yeah, you got to go to church. I'm not going to feed you for nothing. I don't see any of those rascals here today but uh, maybe they'll show up for the meal. But he told me he was a pagan. He says, Batson, you're a Baptist. I said, amen, I'm a Baptist preacher. He says, well, big deal. I'm a pagan. And I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I've got friends that will see you in hell. hell. <laughs> and, and he believed that earth, wind, fire, and water were the, the things that he worshipped. And that uh, he believed that uh, in Mother Earth there was no need for proof or, per or there was no need nor proof of a personal living God. He believed in witches and warlocks. He believed in all the nonsense that uh, the demons will fill your head with. And he also believed that the dead would come back to life in a nuclear attack. He was serious as, as, as can be. He, he believed in zombies. <laughs> and uh, uh, as tragic that 
the enemy has warped this young man's mind. So I told him the truth. I said, will you listen to me for, for I listened to you spew your nonsense for a half hour here. I said, will you give me, will you give me three minutes? Yeah. I said, you know, Jock, God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you, whether you believe it or not. You accept him, receive him as your savior. You will be, when you die, brought to the very presence of the God you deny. He said, John, you're a great guy, but you're delusional to believe all that Baptist stuff. <laughs> I'm delusional. I thought I was just a Baptist. <laughs> I'm a delusion Baptist. Well, don't laugh. So are you. The other end of the spectrum is our view is, is, our view is legalistic when we, when we will see nothing but God's justice and even view his discipline as punishment. That's the other side of things. Rather than we have a God who is filled with grace and wants to bestow that grace on us. You know, this was what Jabez was looking at and was seeking. And if we never believe that God is in our corner, then we'll never grasp that we can make a difference for him. And the problem is that our pulpits today are either, they either chain God's people to legalism or they preach health, wealth, and holy hankies. Get the holy hanky, it's guaranteed to wipe the demons off your dishes. And they believe that. Jabez's prayer isn't about any of this. His prayer means that, this prayer means that I choose to believe that God loves me. I choose to want what's best for me. I have to align myself with his plan for my life. And see, our text is right in the middle of the first nine chapters of First Chronicles that lists all the men of Israel, starting with Adam to about 1056 B.C., covering around 3,000 years. And the author stops for some reason. He thinks of Jabez, not of Abraham, Jacob, or Isaac, or David. But for some reason, Jabez stood out. And the reason was his character was more honorable than all his Jewish brothers. In verse 9, the word honorable means to gain glory or be promoted. It refers to living out the character of God. It's, it, it's, in other words, it's, it's walking with God, obeying Him, and ridding my life of sin. Walk with God. Amen? Yeah. You walk with God. You talk with God. You live that life with God, and He's going to bless you. It also implies that I learn to love people as God loves people. Now, some of us can be pretty unlovable. I, I, I grant that. Um, but God says that... We are to love one another. Why? Because each and every one of us, each and every one, even Jock, pray for Jock, was made in the image of God. He's an image bearer of God. Everyone who has ever took a breath of air is an image bearer of God. So we have a relationship that we need to celebrate and we need to pray for these people. I'm reading a book called The Grasshopper Myth. It's a good book. It's a book encouraging pastors of small churches to celebrate the fact that God has called us to small ministries. It has a primary focus of challenging us to reset our minds where we're just as important in kingdom building as to the mega churches. We don't have the big budgets, but we don't have the big headaches. I appreciate this phrase. Don't be too big to do something 
too small. Don't be too big to do something too small. Listen to Jesus' words in Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's the whole idea of the Christian life. You serve me, and I'm going to serve you. We give ourselves to Christ, and then we give ourselves uh, for others. And the, the world needs servants. A pastor is a servant leader, and the word deacon... Deacon, who's my, my deacons? Raise your hand. Get your hands up here. Deacon. Sneaking deacons. Some of them sneak in, sneak out. Uh, the word deacon means servant. And Jesus said in Luke 4, 8, Jesus replied, The Scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. And that's what, that's what the deacons in this church do. They serve you, and in so doing, serve God. John Wesley provides the most convincing analysis of what it means to be a true servant. He says, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you can. That's a servant. To a lot of people, this is going to require a major shifting of your mind. You know, it's all about me. Well, what about me? You know, I, I'm, I mean, look at what I'm going through. Look at this life that I have to live. Look at these kids. Look at the job. Look at, the, look at where I have to live. And I got a brother who's sitting in a, in a, in a rehab hospital talking about joy. He doesn't have his wife to cuddle with at night. He's got to eat that, that, that kind of food that they feed you. Shh. You're wrecking it. <laughs> but talking about the joy, even in light of the fact that he's not where he wants to be. And because service is required as Christians, but serving others is not the mindset of many today. We don't look to serve, we expect to be served. And here's the mind shift. It's not about us. Let me wrap this up because we're going to eat and I'm getting hungry. My, my plate today, don't feel sorry for me, my plate is going to be that, that big. Uh, put, your fist, put your fist in there. Everybody, we're not doing any wacky thing. Sarita, look at these fists. Look at these fists. There, Gary's, I got, I, I, oh, your fist is too little. Your, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I get Joshua's fist, so you're going to follow me behind my plate. So that's all I can eat, a fistful of food. So uh, that's okay. Well, Robin says she was going to take my shirts in so I wouldn't have to waste a lot of money. Well, let me conclude. This, this prayer is not about God blessing me and praying something that only has a selfish intent. It's a prayer... The, the prayer requires that I do something and it starts with what I believe about God and what He wants me to do. And I want to study this passage over the next, the next four weeks, the three weeks, and I want to encourage you to expect some change in your life. If you sincerely pray this prayer, the, there's the, the, these four short verses, five, five short verses. Read them every day and see how God begins to shape your mind, shape your thinking change your thinking then expect that God wants to bless you that he has you he's on your side no matter what you've done in your past 
God can, can and has forgiven you. And the only thing that will stop blessing is if we continue to walk in sin. That's the only thing that's going to stop blessing you. If you don't receive blessings today, if you're saying, John, I'm not being blessed, hey, look at your life. How are you living? Are you living in a way that should Jesus come back today and sit down next to you, would you be proud of the way you're living? God can't bless us with sin in our lives. Expect that God is going to orchestrate some events in your life where you can be a blessing to others. Look for ways and opportunities to share him and show him to another person. So, so why not dive in and give yourselves this attitude of prayer? We're reminded in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, So my dear brothers and sisters, and I'm saying this to you, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong. Be immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. A good action always brings good fortune. Good actions get God's attention. He notices when we serve. And I challenge you to make this prayer a way of life and know the good thing that you do isn't going to be done in vain. Forgive someone who doesn't deserve it and you'll become just, have the mind of Jesus Christ. And that's when you'll be blessed beyond belief. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this, the life of this man, Jabez, and why you, you stuck him in the middle of this portion of Scripture to be an encouragement to each of us. I praise you. I praise you for that. I praise you, Lord, for being a God who, who wants to pour out his blessings on us. Lord, we've seen time and time again how you have stepped in, interceded for us, and made the difference when life seems so bleak. And Lord, most of all, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. For without him, this would all be useless. Lord, if there is one here today that does not know you as Savior, may this be the day that they say yes to you. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me from my sin. And I believe when you died on that cross, you died for me, that I can live with you forever and eternity. And I thank you for that in your son's name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, it's not the prayer that saves you. But if you prayed that prayer and you truly want to see a difference in your life, come talk to me. Talk to one of the men. Talk to, talk, talk to my brother Jerry. We'd like to really share what, uh, what it means to truly be a believer, be a Christian.